people in the church want to stay still be on the money maybe and uh, they're both having i think uh they must have got a two-for-one package deal but i think they're both getting their knees uh, worked on this tuesday so uh, uh pray for them and uh, they're both having different surgeries but uh uh, in the, I think it's the same doctor, isn't it? It's, I think no, it's not the same doctor. Okay, I, I lied. Okay, anyway, they're both they're uh, both getting knee surgery, and so uh, we're be praying for that. That's uh, that'll be uh, hopefully uh, enlightening for them, and it will help them as uh, as they go uh, forward with their lives. Okay, go ahead, kids. To see you later. Hear the patter, pat of feet. Got a funny story to tell you real quickly. Yesterday at 10.05, I got a text, and it was an apology text from Sharon Osborne. She said, I'm so sorry, Jeff, I overslept. I'll be, I, I, I just couldn't make it. And I'm like, Sharon, it's Saturday. What, you, you, you're, you're here. And so she said she'd set two alarms, and there she is today. She's here. And uh, right day, right? And so we're glad to have Sharon and all of you uh, this morning. Um, we are in a series uh, called uh, Let's Talk About Worship, or to actually we're just doing the let's, let's Talk About, and the last couple of weeks have been talking about worship, and we've been using uh, several stories in the Old Testament, which is kind of hard sometimes to come up with that, because when you think about worship, you think about things that happened in the New Testament, but the Old Testament is filled with God's people uh, doing different, uh, working through worship in different uh, modes and different uh, different things as they went through their lives. And so the last two weeks we've been uh, looking at the story of Japhat or Jehoshaphat. I called him Japhat. And old Japhat was, had, was an incredible king and uh, he loved God tremendously. And he had a problem. The problem was there was three other nations that wanted him dead and his whole uh, community. And so uh, he, had a, he had a choice. And that choice was, was he going to worry? Or is he going to worship? And we saw time and time again in those last two weeks as we covered that story that he, he chose to worship. He chose to worship when uh, it would have been real easy to, uh, to worry. And so today we're going to talk about another facet uh, of, of worship. And uh, traditionally when we think about worship, we always think about it being uh, you know, music and things like that. But I think it's much, much more than that. And we're going to look at a story today that uh, you're probably familiar with uh, if you're a church person. If you're not a church person, uh, the, the, the back story in this is, is basically this, is that um, it is a, a story of a man named Job. And Job was a, uh, a good example uh, to us. Uh, the Bible tells us that he was a wealthy man beyond all expectations. Uh, he was wise. He loved God. Uh, and one day... In 24 hours, the Bible tells us that he lost everything. I could, I could probably do a six or eight week series just on, on, on Job, but today I'm just going to do one, and so I'm condensing everything down into schmooshit and to show you some of the highlights of, of uh, Job's life, uh, how to worship when you're wounded. Most of you, as you walk in here today, you have some kind of hurt going on in your life. You've been hurt by somebody if you're not hurting now, you're going to be hurting or, you, or you've been hurt in the past. You've been hurt by a relationship. Somebody has left you. You've been hurt by a job. Somebody has, has accused you wrongly. 
You've had a friend that, that you thought was your friend and now they're not your friend. All kinds of different things like that ha have come into our life and they wound us and they hurt us. Most of us in this room, most of us, I say besides Yancey, when we, uh, when we get hurt, when we get hurt and we got a bleeding and we're just bleeding all over the place, we like to go to the doctor and we, we, we go to the doctor and we say, look, I'm bleeding <laughs> and I need you to do something about this. Will you do something about it? But when we get hurt, you know, see, Yancey doesn't do that. That's why I'm saying that. He can be bleeding all over the place. That, that's why I was saying Yancey. So anyway, the, the rest of us, when we're hurt like that, we go seek help. But when we get spiritual hurt, when we get uh, hurt that is mental, when it's uh, some kind of, uh, somebody kind of says something and it really hurts our feelings, we don't do much with it. We tend to stuff it down. We tend to uh, minimize it. And we tend to think things like, I'm just going to go ahead and go ahead and just keep going. And you can do that for a while. And a lot of you have been doing that for a long time. You know, that didn't hurt. Got divorced. That didn't hurt. You know, I just got through it. Go find somebody else and I'll feel better. Yeah, okay. And then other things pop up. When you look at the book of Job, it tells the story of a man that worshiped God when almost everything in his life was taken from him. First uh, scripture I want to, if, if you're looking at Job, I'm using a lot out of the, the uh, message and I'm using a lot out of uh, the CEV version today. So if you don't jive up with some of the things that, that are going on, understand it's a couple different versions. First, uh, the first one is, is this in Job 36, 15 to 17. We find this, this obscure passage and you, you, it's a, towards the end of the book and you go, what, what does this mean? Hard times and troubles are God's way of getting our attention. That's why I'm reading this out of the message version. Let me read that again. Hard times and trouble are God's way of getting our attention. At this very moment, God deeply desires to lead you from your trouble and to spread your table with your favorite food. I love that. Because your favorite food always brings what? Comfort. You know, that's why we're constantly on the, on the look for that new restaurant or that new recipe or that new thing because we want, we want that, that comfort that it brings. And God says, I want to set your table with that special food. That's, that's me. That's what he wants to do. And Job found that out. Job knew that. He knew that, that hard times and troubles are God's way of getting our attention. He he doesn't mean that he makes them happen, but he allows them to happen. So he goes, hey, you, wake up. Over here, it's me, God. Come on over. Let's talk. And we could ignore him, or we can, we can press in and go deeper and deeper and deeper. I believe what it, Job is, is saying here is, is this. The most important time for you to worship is when your heart's breaking. It's the most important time. It's not the time to run away. It's not the time not to, not to, to run from God's people. It's not the time to stop coming to church. It's not the time to stop reading the Bible. It's not the time to stop praying. Most important time for you when 
you're wounded. And the most important thing for you to do is to worship the Lord. How do you do that? How do you go to God first in a crisis? I know some of you do, but I think a lot of you don't. I think a lot of you bemoan and you moan and you gripe and you yell and you scream to anybody who will listen. I believe that a lot of you curse and scream and yell and, and, and you know, you, you're, not getting any, you're not getting any help. You're not getting any help. And I believe Job shows us how to worship when we're wounded. The first thing that I want to show you today is in what what Job did when he was wounded because the Bible tells us that he lost almost everything. His kids, his wealth, it all was taken away. Just in one 24-hour period, God allowed the devil to attach that to him. The first one is, is 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 the word grieve. Grieve. Job knew how to grieve. He knew how to let himself feel. And he knew how, if he felt it, that he was going to tell God first. He was going to tell God first. Grieving is so important. It is so important. That means telling God exactly how you feel. Even if you're mad. Even if you're so angry you could spit nails. There's so many in, in here who have had gone through horrendous hurt and pain. People have hurt you. You've had great loss. And yet, you haven't grieved. Job says this. Job stood up, tore his robe, and he shaved his head, and then he fell to the ground in worship. His first emotion, his first action was that in, when this, this hard time came, he tore his robe and he shaved his head. Those are, those are Eastern traditions that they did to show that they were extremely in deep sorrow. When we're wounded, <laughs> we feel these four emotions that just come rushing at us and they come like a train and they run over us. The first one is, is anger. We feel angry because we're hurt we're angry. We're so angry. And second, we feel shock. And how could this happen to me? And there's this disbelief. And, and you know, why, why, why am I doing this? And then we feel loss. And loss hurts. Because you look around and things aren't the way they always were anymore. And then we feel fear do? What's going to happen? What's next? See, when you feel those four things, please, please, and you feel them, whether you know you're feeling them or not, when you feel those four things, anger, grief, shock, and fear, here's what you need to do. You tell God about them. That's called worship. It is not having a, you know, air one experience and just sitting there and, and belling out a bunch of songs on, and I love that. I, I love worshiping like that, but it's, it's, it starts with and it ends with telling God how you feel. He's big enough to take your feels, all of them, every one of them. 
God didn't make your body to handle the negative emotions that most of you are swallowing. You are swallowing them and they are hurting you and they are making you bitter and they are making you angry and they are making you not who God intended you to be. Look what he says in Job 7.11. I can't be quiet. Can't be quiet. So who am I going to be loud to? Who am I going to be really overly obnoxious with? I'm angry and I'm bitter and I have to speak. He was going to tell God. He was going to tell him all the things, no matter if it was, it was horrible. And he was calling God everything but what he shouldn't call him. He was going to call him all those things. Now, I, here's what I know. I know this. I believe that Job questioned uh, God, but his, his faith never let him stop trusting God. It is okay to question God. I'm going to say it again. It is okay to question God. It is not okay not to trust God. That's where we get in trouble. We unplug from him when we stop trusting him. Oh, he's not there. <laughs> oh, he didn't answer me. Oh, he didn't give me the thing I was asking for. You have to trust him regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how bad it hurts, regardless of how much you just feel like you just want to die and shrivel up. Most of you here have been there, right? You can shake your heads like this. Say, yes, yes, I've been there. I am there. I'm going to be there. So you got to, it's okay to question, but it's not okay to not trust. That's what we learned from, from Job. We got to grieve, and we have to grieve well. And for some of you, you don't, you're not. You're just going on. You know why we do it? Because we move on to the next greatest and latest, and, and then we carry that with us. And you know what it does? It weighs us down. And it puts pressure on us to be and to act in, in these snappy little ways. And we become jaded, and we become very, very uh, not, not the person who God made us to be. God wants you to grieve. Job teaches us that. Next, we see that God, through Job, teaches us to honor God. To honor God. To honor him where? In the middle of the pain. To honor him in the middle of the, ah, this hurts. It means you praise God in spite of your circumstances. I don't thank God for my problems. I'm not saying that. Oh, God, thank you so much that I'm hurting. Thank you so much that I'm wounded here. That's really great. No. <laughs> no. But I thank God right in the middle of the problems because you trust him. You trust him. The book of Job has one question in it. If you read the whole book, there's one question that Job answers. And here's the question. And it's a question you better get a hold of. If you want to write this down... You might write this down. Here's the question. Will you worship God if everything goes wrong in your life? Will you worship God if everything goes wrong in your life? 
That's the question Job had to answer. That's the question some of you are answering right now. That's a tough question. It's easy to worship God when everything is going your way. It's really simple. But the ultimate test of faith, the ultimate test is at the point in your life when you're at the lowest, you're able to say, I trust the Lord, no matter what just hit you, no matter what just, just tore into your life and made it look like, a, like a, a whirlwind went through. Please remember, church, family, friends, God doesn't owe you an explanation. And some of you are doing that. You're looking for, but why God? He just wants you to trust him. Stop looking for an explanation. So how do you praise God when you're wounded? Well, let's move on. Job 1, 21 and 22. Job says this. I love this. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. Boy, ain't that the truth. The Lord gave me, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Man, what a guy. <laughs> I came naked, going out naked. What a, what a statement. What, a, what an incredible life statement. It's all from God anyway, so, you know, I, I, I'm just a steward for a little bit, so I ain't taking it with me. You know, we were talking to some of Cheryl's friends the other day. She, she didn't take anything with her. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing went with her. In fact, most of hers went to the state. She didn't take anything. She worked a long, hard life. None of it, none of it did anything for her. None of it. It's nice to use. But I came in naked, going out naked. Whether you try and try and try, you're going out naked. So that's the reality. I used to think that life was, when I was younger, I, I really had this, I remember teaching this in churches and kids when I was with kids. You know, life is a series of mountains and it's a series of valleys. And sometimes you're in the valleys and sometimes you're climbing on top of the mountain. You're on top of the mountain. And the older I get, the more I realize that's wrong. It's not like that. Life is like a railroad track. <laughs> there's some good on this side and there's some really crappy on this side. And it's always there. Have you noticed that? You, and, and you gotta, you got to look at it. you got to say, am, am I willing to, to, which rail am I going to focus on? Because it's always there. There's always good. There's always incredible things that are happening, but the crappy is really crappy. And as you look at it, it's not about there's highs and there's lows. There's about it's just constant. This, is, this world is not our home. This world is not perfect. It never will be. And if you think it will be, you're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. You will not get any kind of satisfaction in this life apart from Jesus. 
You can try. You can fill it up with every activity known to man. You can go to everything that there is out there, fun to do, and it still is going to leave you lackluster. You can go to every restaurant, and pretty soon you're sick of every restaurant. You can go to every concert, and you're sick of every. You can go to every vacation, and you can be sick of every vacation. You go on, I say, oh, I'd like to try. I still think some of you would get sick of it because life is not that way. There's some good and there's some not so good. You have to be happy in your life and you have to have things going your way. You're going to be unhappy most of your life and you are going to be a person that most people don't want to be around and you're going to go, I'm fine with that. Okay, okay. The truth of your life your life never goes the way you think it's supposed to. Anybody in this room can, can attest to that fact that you thought your life was going to take a different trajectory than it did. Even if you got a really great life, it didn't go the way you thought it was going to go because you're not in charge. God is in charge. Nobody gets their way all the time. Nobody gets the, the, to have it be be perfect all the time. That's not what this world is about. This world is about staying on the track and trusting the one who laid down the track. That's it. That's it. So I come back to my question, the question of Job. If you're to lose everything, would you still trust God when things don't go right in your life? That leads us to the next thing that Job did. He asked God for strength and wisdom. And we don't, don't negate this and don't, don't just slough it off because it's not a, it's not a really, um, it's not a, one of those things that it's just groundbreaking to, to say that because we, we all know that that's what we're supposed to do. Ask, seek, knock, you know, God, God's going to be there. Ask God for strength and wisdom. Job had three friends, the Bible tells us. And those friends were pretty good friends at the start until they tried to give advice. Now, I'm going to talk to some of you real, real bluntly here for just a second. These three friends came and they did the most godly thing they could do. You know what they did? They sat down beside him and they didn't say anything. For three days, that's friend. That's what a friend is. That's what friendships are. It is not about what you say, big mouth. It is not about what you say. You may have an opinion on everything, and you may know a lot about a lot. But when somebody is wounded, they don't want to know what you know. They want to know that you care. They want to know that you'll sit with them when nobody else will. That you'll be with them. You'll let them say some things that aren't good. Don't try to correct people who are wounded. They're not thinking straight. Don't try to correct wounded people right then and there. There's a time for correction. That's not it. That's why you need a life group. Some of you do not have... Did I just go dead? Yep, I did. Yeah, I'm dead. Anyway, 
So I'll just keep talking loud. Can they hear me online? No? Okay. So basically, um, what I'm going to say here about this is I just forgot everything I was going to say. Oh, okay. Why do you need a life group? Here's the reason you need a life group. Because a lot of you, you you're, you're living somewhere that your parents aren't or your family or extended family is not. You need people in your life that can speak truth and love. And I know a lot of people in this place are whacked. I know a lot of people in this place are not exactly your friends, not the people you want to get advice from. But I'm telling you, all you need is somebody who will sit beside you when you're being wounded. That's it. You don't need to know everything. You don't need to know a lot of stuff about a lot of things. What you need is to go and to sit beside somebody and have the presence of saying, I'm here and I love you and I'm giving up something that's mine just for you. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Phil. Let's see if I can get this going. Here we go. Check, check. Yeah, look, I'm back. I'm hot and I'm back. It's the only time I can say that. All right. The best thing you can do for a friend is just sit with them. And when you sit in that living room, when you sit in that place when they're dying, I, I, I can illustrate the crud out of this about how, how so many of you did that with Cheryl. And how some of you really just put your life on pause and you went and you just sat. And you were willing, a lot of you were willing to do it. We, every time we, get, we try to get it done, she would go and go to the hospital or something else would happen. I'm so proud of our church. I am so proud of our church for being the people who you are that do that, that stand in the gap when there's nobody else. And Cheryl didn't have a lot. She didn't have much. The best thing you can do for a friend is just to sit and to be present. Job's friends understood that until they didn't. Then they started trying to give advice. The next thing we see that, that, uh, that Job did is, is not just to ask, but it's to call on God, to call on him. And, and what, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean this. Job's friends, they gave a lot of bad advice too. One of Job's friends was a guy, uh, and, he, and his bad friends, they would give the advice, and I think Job, the Bible says, didn't listen to it. His ears were deaf towards it. But there was one guy, and his name was Eliphaz, and I probably screwed that up. But he says this. Job 5.8, this is the best advice you can get. Hey, Job, if I were you, I would ask God for help. Amen. That's all. You want to say something? <laughs> say that. Let's ask God for help. What's he saying? He's saying that, that your heart is breaking when you're confused, when you're hurting, when you're angry, when you're full of doubt. Here's what you need to do. You ask God. You don't run away from God. You don't run away from his people, and you stop running away from other people just because you're hurting and you don't understand and God didn't answer what you asked him to answer. Nobody else can help like God can. When, you, when you're wounded, you don't think straight. If I could ever give any of you any kind of advice on this side of this, it's this. To understand when you're wounded... Your brain and your spirit and your, who you are, you don't think right. 
You think screwy. You think oblong. You think you're, you're trying to put things in your life in perspective and they don't go because when you're hurting, none of it fits together. Nothing fits together. You're not thinking clearly when you're wounded. The Bible says at that time, it's when you need wisdom more than anything else when you've been wounded. James 1 says this in the New Testament. It says, if anybody lacks wisdom, me, <laughs> let him ask God who gives to all men generously and does not criticize. There's all you ask. God, give me, let me understand this. I want wisdom. I don't know if I'm ever going to understand it this side of heaven. I don't understand why God didn't heal Cheryl. I don't understand why God didn't heal Mike. I don't understand why God didn't heal the people in your lives that were important to you. I don't understand it. But I know that I trust God to know that he knows what he's doing. That he knows what he's doing. You don't think clearly when you're wounded. And if you're not worshiping right now and you're wounded, <laughs> you're not doing it right. That means you're not asking God for wisdom. That means that you're not, you're not, you don't have the strength that you need. You bought your strength, but your strength, it just kind of goes like a mist. But God's strength, it's new every morning. Every morning. Lastly, here's what we learned by Job. I took the whole book and I put it into one 35-minute sermon. Here we go. Keep on. Keep on. We learn from Job that we just got to keep on. Keep hanging on. You're going to get weary. You're going to be tired. Keeping on is probably one of the actually best parts, biggest parts of worship that there is. To worship when you don't feel like it. How many times have you had to make yourself come to church, to come to some Bible study, to come to something that you're doing at church and you go, I don't want to go? Probably every week for some of you. And you get there and you go, I'm glad I was here. Hang on. Got it. Okay. I just like to play with it. Okay, so you've got to understand, you've got to understand that God has, has this, this thing that he wants you to do, and it's very simple. <laughs> it's not to do a bunch of stuff. It's just to hold on, to keep on keeping doing what you know is the right thing to do. It is not a time to try new things. It is not a time to go find new friends. It is not a time to go out and, and sow your oats. It is not that time. It is a time where you take your hands and you hold on to Jesus and you keep on keeping on. Because while you're holding on and, and you're doing this and you're barely holding on and people around you may not even know you're holding on. People around you may think you're doing just great because you're pretty good fake. You don't tell anybody that you're hurting really bad, but inside you're bleeding out. What happens is, while you're hanging on, you get horrible advice from people who are closest to you. 
In this case, Job got some really bad advice from his wife. There's so much of us, so many of us that are well-meaning people. And when somebody is hurting, we say things and they hurt people. Ask any woman who's lost a baby how she's been hurt because somebody, well-meaning person, comes up and says something. Well, you'll probably have another one. Okay, thanks. Or somebody who's lost a lifetime grandma or grandpa or, or mate. And the things that we say sometimes, they just, they, they're not right. They're not proper. They're not godly. Be very, very careful what you say when you try to console somebody. You better ask God, God, what do you want me to say? Because some of the words that you say, they hurt. They go deep and they cut like a knife and a sword. And well-meaning, godly Christian people hurt other godly, well-meaning Christian people. Look what Job's wife says. Nobody knew him any closer than Job's wife. Nobody was more intimate with Job than Job's wife. Look what she says. Everything's gone. His wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Hey, bub, curse God and die. He replied, hey, foolish woman, you're talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept God, good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he had said. You've got to take the good with the bad. We're all in for the good. I, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I got it. Yes, good stuff. Thank you, God. We're all about that. Bad stuff. Ooh, is there a God? Is he real? Is he up there? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Think Job's wife is getting a bum rap? She may be trying to be sympathetic, maybe, huh? She may be saying, I see you. You're so much pain and it's not going away. Just uh, kill yourself. Nah, Job's wife was, she was stupid. She was bad. That was not good. Bad advice, really bad. Curse God and die. Okay. And here, I, I, I'm a little bit weird, but I, I'm thinking if I'm Job, after all this, I've lost everything. Lost everything, it's all gone. God, you took everything. Couldn't you have taken my wife? <laughs> but nah. Thank you, Lord. That's what I'm thinking. You were too. Come on. You were too. So let's close this out. The single greatest statement of faith in the Old Testament is found in this next verse, Job 13, 15. 
you ever want to write something down, this is, this is a good one because this is a great life verse. If I had enough room in my chest, I would, I would probably get it tattooed, but I, don't, my, no, I won't do that. There's a whole long, long soliloquy that he puts, but here's what he says. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. You got everything else, but I'll trust you. He's talking about God. Though he slays me, I will trust him. What a statement of faith. The ultimate statement. When all looks bad, I know this. God made me. I know this. You love me. Do you? Do you know that? Job knew it. Cheryl had a hard time with it. You better settle that. You better settle that before too long. I know that you have a plan for my life. And I'm still going to trust you, even though you take me out. What gave Job that kind of depth? What gave Job that kind of scope to be able to go that deep and that that hard and that crusty and be able to stand up and say, even if you take me out, I'll trust you. I love this. Job 19. Come on up, man. Job 19.25. Job says this. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end, he will stand upon the earth. I know that my Redeemer lives. I pray today for you that you can know that so that when the rubber has to hit the road, when the, when the wounds come, you can say, I know my Redeemer lives. I know that there's some of you here today are just bleeding and bleeding and bleeding and it's hurting and you're in pain. And I know that God is sitting here today wanting you to cast those things on him, not on somebody else, not on another friend, not on another activity, but he's wanting to cast on on him because he's big enough to take your regrets He's big enough to take your cussing and screaming and yelling. He's big enough to take all that's within you and to say, I still love you. I love you so much. So I don't know today where you've been wounded in life. I'm sorry that you've been hurt. I'm sorry that you're hurting today. But listen to what John 16, 33, it's not on the screen. It says this, John 16, 33. Close your eyes just a minute, just, just for a minute. Just close your eyes and listen. In this God, this world, you will continue to experience difficulties. That's the fact. But take heart. I have conquered the world. I have conquered the world, says Jesus Christ. One more time. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. That's the fact. But take heart. 
I've conquered the world. You can open your eyes. You serve a God who has conquered the world. He can conquer the pain you're going through. He can conquer whatever it is that's going on in your life. I don't understand it, God. I don't understand it, Jesus, but I'm going to trust you. That's your lot today. I don't understand it, but I'm going to trust you. Are you there? Do you want to be there? Well, I do. I want to live there. But let's pray. Jesus, do a work in us today. Whatever that work is, whatever it looks like, we give you permission. We come alongside of you and we say, Jesus, here I am. I'm going to ask. I'm going to call. I'm going to grieve. God, I'm just, I'm here waiting for you. I'm here hanging on. Just barely, <laughs> but I'm hanging on. God, I pray that you'll strengthen somebody today, their relationship, their walk with you. I pray that you'll do a reclamation act on somebody's heart this morning, only through your Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As lights go out, let's see what God does in you as the band sings this great song.
So um, I, I don't want to review today because I'm just going to let the Lord uh, review to you in your own heart where uh, the, the parts of you that you and God need to kind of do some business with today. Do you need to grieve? Do you need to ask? What, what do you need to do? Do you need to call on him? You just need to keep hanging on, and you need somebody to come along and just sit with you, and, and people aren't noticing, then ask somebody. That, that's the other thing. I didn't say that, but if you're hanging on and nobody's standing around you, nobody's, ask somebody. Ask somebody. That's why we do this together. Sometimes we're pretty stupid, and we, we, it takes a lot for us to figure out what's going on, and sometimes God reveals it to us, and we, we put it away, and sometimes we do something with it. So see what God does in you this week. I want you to keep praying, uh, or please start praying for Tess. Tess had to leave her mom. I got taken to the hospital. That's why she left, and uh, the life alert called her, and so something's wrong. So be, please be praying for St- uh, Tess's mother, and uh, Dave and, uh, and Nadine also, their surgery this week. And um, we'll stop with that. Also, if you're visiting here today, or if you'd like to get our text and you don't, or you have a prayer request, please sign this and stick it in that little clear plastic thing in the back back there. They're, these are all over the place. Just do that and that, take care of that. If you'd like to be on our text thing and you're not, you're not getting a, a, a you know a misspelled text from me every week, and then you know that's what it is. Anyway, so be doing this and uh, that'll that'll take. If, uh, last thing I have is right after service and back in the uh, cafe. Um, besides our other meeting, uh, Don is going to, and Jenny are going to be back in that room. Don is a longtime friend of mine and a longtime friend of many of you in this place. Uh, he wrote a book uh, called Surprised by the Call of God, and uh, he's back there uh, having his book a little bit. And this is Don Jenny, so you wave your hands like you just don't care. Stand up, turn around. No, I'm just kidding. So anyway, uh, be, be sure and see them if you would like a, one of his books. It's just kind of the story of his life. And uh, it's the story of a Jesus freak. And so uh, I think you might like it. I haven't read it yet, but I just got a copy. So we'll see what happens. Be sure and see them. Here's Abby, and then we'll go home. Good morning, Impact Christian Church. My name is Abby Lucas, and I just have a few announcements about what is going on here at ICC. Right after service today in the green room, we are going to be hosting a meeting for anyone who is interested in being a director for different areas of our family fun night, which is happening September 9th. If this is something that interests you, please stop by at the meeting right after service. If you are in the 55 and plus group, today is the last day to get signed up for your outing to Brookville, so please make sure you sign up. August 20th, we're going to be hosting our final meeting to continue our missions in Franklin. We are still looking for a few volunteers to help with various projects around Franklin and here at the church. If this is you, please go to the meeting or talk to Pastor Jeff. Our official life groups for this semester are officially starting soon, so please make sure you find one of the leaders or talk to Pastor Jeff on how you can get involved in being in a life group. If you are visiting here with us, we first want to say welcome to Impact Christian Church, and if you could, please fill out a blue connection card and put it in the clear box in the back. LICC, that is all the news I have for you. I hope you have a blessed and awesome week, and we'll see you next week. Bye!
Lord of all creation. Oh, Father, earth and